I always make this promise at the beginning of my preaches. I promise I'll be super short if, I, if you could just give me your undivided attention. Cool? Stand with me one more time. We're going to read the word. I'm going to ask you to do the usual close your eyes. Just listen to what I'm about to say, what I'm about to read from the scripture, and just receive what the word has for you. Amen? In Isaiah 41.10, it says, don't be afraid, for I am with you. Don't be discouraged, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will hold you up with my victorious right hand. This morning, Father God, we just pray that we are open to receive what it is that you have to say this morning. Shut my lips, destroy my thoughts, Father God, and speak through me, Lord. May we only hear your voice this morning, Father God. Prepare us, Lord, with obedience, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. You may be seated. So, recently, I was telling a story to a coworker friend of mine <clears throat> who was listening to me, and as Hispanics tend to do, I was really exaggerating arms, and I was doing this a lot, right? Mira, chacho mano, right? I do a chacho in there, I think. And then um, I, was, I was saying things like, yeah, you know, Pepe did this, and then fulano said that, and, you know, and he, and he stops me mid-sentence, and he says, he did that? And I looked at him, and I said, no, but you know what I mean? Like, the essence of it, come on. You know I'm exaggerating. He didn't do all that. But it was that moment that I realized that there's not enough importance in intent. There needs to be action. He was looking for the truth, and he was looking for the action. Did, did they actually do what you said they did? He did that? I said, no. Just kidding. Ha <laughs> ha. story was funnier, though, and better the way I put it. But now that you want to be all serious on me, no, he didn't do that. What I'm beginning to realize is the importance of action. The intention to do something is great, but without action, it is dead. Hmm. <laughs> without action, the story would not have any interest at all. It would not be, be speaking to, any, to him at all. He was only interested in what happened. See, even Jesus talks about this in Luke 11, verse 28. He says, but even more blessed are all who hear the word of God and put it into practice. Even Jesus himself was saying, man, faith without works, it ain't going to fly. I recently started reading the word a little bit differently too. See, in the past, I've been fixated on reading about what God has for me, 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 and what and I kept trying to pluck scriptures that would minister to me, to me, and what God and all his promises for me, for me, for me. And constantly searching on how God would get me through my circumstance and how I can get through everything. Now I'm starting to admire the quickly written phrases that I've been reading so fast and I've read before. And all these popular stories and biblical verses and biblical amazing moments, right? I've been reading right through them. 
These words are changing my life. The acts of faith that resulted in major events that minister to you and to me thousands of years later. You see, I'm starting to take notice of not just what God did, but of what man did. I know this is kind of controversial, right? Because I know you, we, we don't preach that. We don't, we don't talk about, oh, we don't talk about man. We talk about man will fail you, right? But there are certain things that I believe were written for a reason, and we need to pay attention to them. See, well, you know what? Allow me to take you through some biblical historic moments. Can, can you bear with me? I tell you, I'll be fast. It's going to be a few, few different areas. Maybe you've heard them before. Maybe you haven't. But I'm, t- I'm going to touch on some strong biblical epic moments that changed our lives forever. Amen? In Genesis 6, we hear about God commanding Noah Okay, I don't know if you guys have heard this before, but it's a very popular story where God speaks to Noah and says, I want you to build a boat, right? Now, the thing is, God gives, it it goes on pretty lengthy, very specific instructions. I want you to have these dimensions. I need it to operate this way. He even talks about the kind of wood he wants him to use. It goes pretty lengthy on all these things. And then there's this one verse that reads, so Noah did everything exactly as God had commanded him. I'm going to show you another one. In Genesis 12, just a little bit later, we hear about a man called Abram who would later on become Abraham. And God is speaking to him in the very same way. In fact, he tells him, leave your native country, your relatives, and your father's family and go to the land that I will show you. So he he hasn't even given him an exact location yet, if you read that correctly. He's saying, leave everything behind your family, your comfort, your, your, your father's family, and go where I'm about to take you. He says, I will, make you a, I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you, and I will make you famous, and you will be a blessing to others, God tells him. All these details about what God wants him to do in this journey that he's about to send Abram onto, and then there's this one verse that says, so Abram departed as the Lord had instructed. Are you starting to get it? These one little verses that say this major thing. I'm going to take you to another one. In Exodus 3, we talk about, we find out about Moses. And even I've preached on this before in in this church and how Moses was getting called. And you guys have heard, might have heard this story about how Moses was doing his thing and he sees a bush that's burning and he goes and he approaches it and God is speaking to him through that burning bush. And he is commanding him and calling him to do a certain kind of thing. And he goes into a lot of detail about he wants to use Moses to free his people. He says, I want you to go and take them out and I want you to uh, make them, uh, take them out of slavery and I want you to bring them and lead them into freedom, Moses. And then in Exodus 4, it says, so Moses went. Very quickly, so Moses went. In Matthew 1, we hear about one of the most talked about parts of the Bible, which is we find out that a virgin Mary is impregnated with the Son of God. This story also, we find out that she's, she has a fiancé named Joseph. And Joseph now very understandably is like, you're pregnant? 
and you're my fiance, and you're a virgin? Yeah, right, right? That's Maury Povich type stuff. So I want to know who the father is. And so now he leaves, and he, has, he goes to bed, and the Bible says that the angel visits him. And he says, the virgin will conceive a child, and she will give birth to a son. And, she, and, he, and, the, and the angel gives Joseph a very descriptive thing. And then there's this one verse that says, when Joseph woke up, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded. And he took Mary as his wife. There is a command and a response that happens so quickly in the scriptures. That I, I've been skipping it. Maybe you've read it, but I've never realized how important that one verse is that says, but he did just as the Lord commanded. In Matthew 26, we visit now the most epic thing that has ever happened in this world, which is now Jesus Christ himself is about to endure a crucifixion. He says very specific things that show that he is in deep worry. He says, my soul is crushed with grief to the point of death. He's worried. He went on a little further and bowed to his face down to the ground, praying, my father, if it is possible, let this cup of suffering be taken away from me. But what does he say? That one verse right after that. Yet I want your will to be done and not mine. The command and the response. Did any of these acts come easy? Do you think that Noah was, an eager, was, was eager to build a boat that would take him years and years to accomplish? You think he didn't look crazy telling people, hey, guess what? Something's going to happen and I got to do this thing. And he looks nuts to everybody. Yet he did just as God commanded. You think that Abram wanted to uproot his entire life to follow God's command, wanted to leave everything behind without a real hardcore blueprint? If I told you today I need you to move to Ohio tomorrow, you're going to be like, well, I need to know a lot of details. Job, uh, where am I living, rent, right? Uh, my 401k, my, the way my savings and my checkings is I got to make sure I transfer. And I got to make sure, you know, I got some things to do. No. You wouldn't get up and just leave because God said so. I mean, that's, I'm being real. I wouldn't. I'd have a hard time with that, at least not overnight. But it says that Abram did just as God commanded. If you clearly, uh, if you read the Bible, you clearly see the resistance of Moses. See, I, I read that very quickly, how God, uh, God talked to Moses through a burning bush. But there was a very long process where Moses is, is literally almost arguing with God, saying, I don't want to do this. Not me. Choose someone else. I have a stutter. I have this. I don't want to go back. I don't want to do those things. I can't, God. But yet the Bible says, and then Moses went. Do you honestly think that Joseph received the news of his virgin fiance being pregnant well? Do you think that he didn't struggle with that? Do you think that that wasn't hurtful? Do you think that he wasn't hurt and said, man, she cheated on me? You don't think that crossed his mind? You don't think that he was, that he was suffering with that and that he had a hard time with that? But yet he got up the next day and did exactly what God commanded him to do. 
And if you read the word, man, so carefully, you realize that Jesus himself, our perfect savior, was worried. And he struggled with the idea of going into what he knew would be the death. And not just a quick death, but a painful, long, suffering death. A death that would literally be one of the most gruesome events described in biblical history. He asked God, if there's a way out, please let it be. In other words, if there's any way we can avoid this road, please let me avoid it. Please get me out of this thing. His obedience will go on to change the world as we know it. The world. Even in the corrupted, nasty world that we live in today, we still acknowledge the life of Jesus Christ, B.C. and A.C. We acknowledge that time period saying, man, our timetable that we all follow, Christian or not, is based around the life of Jesus Christ. His obedience changed the world. Yes, God provides miracles and miracle after miracle, but if we don't make the decision to get up and follow God's command, what are we missing out on? What blessing is awaiting you? You see, last, even last week, Minister Josh, man, he, he spoke very kind of quickly on how he was going, he was having a hard time. Were you guys here last week? He spoke about how he was having a hard time on his trip and he had to keep his mouth shut and he had to, and he said, just like Gideon, I had to ask God to humble, humble me. And he did. And he, and he had to get humble and he had to stop. What a command, but what a response. And I know Josh well enough to know that when he wants to say something, he says it. I don't know if you've heard or ever heard him up here, but there's not very much that he won't tell you. Are any, any Seinfeld fans here? One or two? You know Kramer? Kramer was very well known for saying whatever he wanted to say. And, they would, and, and to the point that Jerry Seinfeld would bring him in so that he could say the things that Jerry didn't want to say. And he'd be like, he goes, oh, you're ugly. You know, he'd say things like that. That's our, Josh is our Kramer. Like, hey, Josh, come in here. What do you think of what he's wearing? Oh, man, you ugly, man. You got to go change that. So, so for God to, so for him to say, I need to, I need to hold back and, to, and for him to have that obedience and to do it. What an amazing miracle. What an amazing thing. And God blessed him for that. And he was a blessing to others for his obedience. It wasn't just for him, but it was a trickle. Right? It didn't just bless him, but it blessed the people that he was with. It blessed his family. Hmm. Let me show you guys something. Let me get a volunteer. CJ, can you bring, can you bring up a chair with you? Let's put it here for a second. Thank you, CJ. We didn't talk about this, right? I didn't ask you to do anything? Okay, good. All right. CJ, can you have a seat? Did you guys see it? Did you see the miracle? Do it again. CJ, get up. CJ, can you have a seat? Wow. Thank you, CJ. All right, everybody give CJ a round of applause. Take the chair with you. Thank you. (laughs) 
What you guys probably didn't see is something that has, God has revealed to me to be so amazing, which was there was a two-part or a three-part thing that just happened there. Number one, CJ listened to a command. Number two, CJ obeyed and went forward. Number three, CJ sat on a chair that he had no idea if it would hold him up, that he had no idea if I loosened the screws on that thing. He had no idea if I had just quickly broke the back so that he would, and I could have an amazing laugh, right? He had no idea if that chair would hold him up, but he sat confidently knowing that everything would be okay. Imagine if our faith or even our understanding of what is awaiting us was awakened to that kind of level that we would sit in God's presence and in God's commands that easily. And we would bring obedience to the forefront where we can just say, whatever you say, God, bam. Imagine the amount of Abrams that we would have and Abrahams that we would have Imagine the amount of Moses and the, and, the, and the commands that we would follow that will result in life-changing events forever. You see, even in the scripture that I read before in Isaiah 41.10, I read, I, read uh, I read to you in the beginning, God promises his people, us, that he will be there for us that he will strengthen us. However, he also puts commands in front of that. And I don't know if you heard that. He says, he tells us to not be afraid. He tells us to not be uh, discouraged. So before every blessing, he gives a command. And he tells you, if you do that, there's a blessing awaiting you. Your obedience leads to blessing. Family, I'm realizing more and more that our walk with God cannot be filled with just intention and promises, but we need to take action. I believe God is calling this congregation to take action today. Man, pastor just announced that we're struggling. I need your help. I need your help. I need you to survive. Pastor just preached a while ago about the five minutes. What are you doing with your five minutes? How many of us are stuck with intention and with promise. How many of us are stuck there waiting like a raging bull waiting to be released? But God opened that door a long time ago saying, go. How many of us are going to stand there with the intention and the promise, but without action? Even Jesus said to himself, you can hear my word, but it's the people that put it to work. that will be more blessed. You'll be blessed to hear it, but you, you want to see real blessing? Put it to action. Put it in action. Put it in work. Worship team, you can even start coming up. I told you that would be short. I'm not done yet, though. Relax. In Isaiah 43, I'm going to encourage you with, this is God speaking to Israel, and I believe that this is for us today. And it says, do not be afraid, for I have ransomed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. When you go through deep waters, I will be with you. When you go through rivers of difficulty, you will not drown. When you walk through the fire of oppression, you will not be burned. 
The flames will not consume you, for I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. His promises are true, but they also come with real, but they, but they come only with real action. We must see, he talks about how you got to go through and you got to walk through. He talked about the fire, you won't drown, I'll save you, but you got to go through it. What God is saying is, I'm there for you, whether you like it or not, whether you know it or not. But the reality is, if you're going to stay there, what is my blessing? <laughs> how much of my blessing are you going to receive? What are you, if I gave you a gift and you only opened the corner, how much fun is that gift to you? But if you open the entire thing, if you walked through it and took time and went through that journey of ripping it open, God says, I promise that at the very end of that, my blessing is awaiting. You see, we are a generation that wants blessings first. And then we show obedience. I see it all the time at my job even. Dude, when I get a raise, then I'll work harder. I just got, I, I, I've been blessed. I was promoted as a supervisor recently. Amen. Thank you. Um, but man, I realized that the Benjamin Button disease is real. As we get older, we get a little bit more cranky and babyish. And <laughs> we start going in reverse a little bit. And guys are asking me for raises without action. And they say, I'll do more when you pay me more. Or maybe how some Christians are, God, if you bless me with more, more money, maybe I'll tithe. Maybe if someone approached me first, then I'll start relationships with people. But every time I come here, nobody says hi to me. Maybe because your eyes are all the way behind your head. Nobody wants to speak to your nasty behind. Side note, sorry. Let's get back into the presence. Hallelujah. <laughs> if, I, if, 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 if you did this for me first, God, then I'll commit. Show me your real, then I'll start coming to church. But man, how many knows that I'm reading the scripture and I don't think it goes that way. I think we got it backwards. I think God is saying, show me, come through, and I will be there for you waiting with your blessing. You see, family, there is a blessing and there is blessing in obedience. So I end with this. What is it that's holding you back today? This is for you to start dwelling on right now. What blessing is attached to that command that God is putting on your life? As we clearly have read today, every amazing promise and command is delivered through obedience. Some of you here today who have been a part of this church, a part of this congregation, and even some of you who are here for the first time, what is it that God is calling you to do? Today, I urge you to come to this altar and trade in your hesitation for obedience. Turn your intention into action. And wherever you are with your relationship with God, I believe now is the time for action. The altar is open.
but deliver and come here ready for your obedience. Bow your heads for me. Stand if you can. The altar is open if you want to come forth with all eyes closed, all heads bowed. I just want to pray to open this altar and then I'm going to ask the the prayer team to join us to help. Father God, we come before you right now begging you to help us with our obedience. Urging you, God, that we need you. Let me tell you what obedience is real quick. I'm sorry. I don't want to, and I don't even want to toot my own horn, but, you know, like two years ago, right? Well, four years ago, let's go, let's backtrack a little bit. I married this amazing girl. She's cool. We was kicking it, and now we married, right? We got married four years ago, and she happens to be uh, still here today. Thank God. Two years ago, though, it's about two years into our marriage, we decided we wanted to try to have a child together and try to bring a child into this world. And long story short, we went two long years trying with zero response. And anybody who can even put themselves into that position or some of you who have been in that position before, you know that you start to doubt yourself. You start to doubt who you are. You start to doubt, uh, you know, as a woman, you maybe you go through like, God, but I thought you, I thought, you know, I was created for this. How come I can't bring a child? As a man, you start thinking, man, you know, am I not doing something right? It goes beyond a physical thing. You start thinking almost on a spiritual level. Are we not doing something right that we can't, that God doesn't want to bless us with this? Are we not good enough people, good enough parents? Are we not going to be able to do what God has called us to do? Almost two years later, something ain't right take a test and it says for the first time in two years looks like you're pregnant so cool we call the doctor the doctor says when when do you think your last you know stuff was (laughs) she was like (laughs) she said well it looks like it was this month he was like you know what let's give it another month so now we have to wait four weeks and we know this and the house doesn't know we live in the I don't want to even go into that but we live in a house with people we, we do family-style living, and, and, it, and it's awesome, but it's hard to keep a secret in that, right? And every day we're going, and, and we're like, oh, my God, it's so exciting, but we don't know, and we're scared, right? So my wife probably took anywhere from six to nine pregnancy tests while we were waiting just to make sure. Am I still pregnant? And we're begging God, God, please, if this is real, hold it, hold it, please, don't, don't let us lose this. Finally, the appointment comes up, and we walk in, and the sonogram is happening, and she's like, yeah, so what do you guys know about this? And we say, yeah, we're, we believe we're pregnant, right? Is everything okay? And she goes, oh, you're pregnant. You're extra pregnant. You got two babies in there. You're having twins. <laughs> A baby for each year is what we're calling it. That's not to boast and to tell you that, 
you know, see, look at me. Aha. No. What I'm trying to show you is that there is blessing and obedience. There were times where I wanted to give up. And there's other things that have gone on in my life and, and, and things that have destroyed me. And that still I deal with it on a daily ba- basis. There are consequences to every decision, whether it's a good decision or a bad decision. You guys understand that, right? And there's some bad decisions that I made that I have to pay the consequences for for the rest of my life. And then in the midst of that journey, I'm going through that as well with my wife. And I'm going, and I'm going oh, my God. God, what do I do? How do I fix this? And as a man, that's the first thing I, I ask myself is, how do I fix this? You know, I'm, I'm good with my hands. I can paint. God's like, yeah, you can't. You don't got this. What you need to do is just be obedient. And when you go through, I'll be there for you. And when it seems like you're drowning, I'll save you. And when you go through the fire, I'll keep you from getting burned. There is a blessing with obedience. have to take that step we have to put it into action you can't stay put I understand there's a be still moment but I believe that God is calling us to start walking now in our blessing towards our blessing and there are some things that we're are waiting for us and we got to start pushing some things out of the way to get there the altar is open Father God, I just pray right now that even as they, as your children begin to walk forward, that the chains will literally start falling off of their body. That even before a prayer and a hand is laid on their heads, Father God, before a prayer is even made, I pray that your spirit will drop down so heavy, destroying chains, destroying mindsets, destroying ways and ignorance, Father God, and hard-headedness. I pray right now, Father God, that you remove the thick-headedness right now in Jesus' name. Have your way, Father God. Have your way, Father God. Prayer team, if you could help me.